0: I shuddle a Muhammad I say that i لا إله إلا الله
1: (تصفيق) بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على أشرف الأنبياء والمرسلين (laughs) Sayyidina wa Nabiyyina wa Honorable respected elders <laughs> and brothers <laughs> in Islam, every single verse of the Qur'an Sharif, every single word... Every single letter of the Qur'an Sharif is a source of rahmah and a source of barakah and blessings. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, "Ya ayyuhan O Mankind قَدْ جَاءَتْكُم مَوْعِضَةٌ مِّن An admonition has come to you from your Rabb in the form of the Qur'an. Lima surur. And a cure, a remedy to the sicknesses, illnesses of the heart, the illness of disbelief, the illness of incorrect beliefs, incorrect values, and this Qur'an is a source of guidance and it is a rahmah, it is a blessing for the believers. So every single verse, word of the Qur'an Sharif, letter of the Qur'an Sharif is a source of blessing, a source of khair and baraka. Over and above this, Rasulullah ﷺ has explained the virtues of certain surahs of the Qur'an Sharif, certain verses of the Qur'an Sharif. So Rasulullah sallallahu ﷺ said regarding Surah baqarah the longest Surah of the Qur'an, second chapter of the Qur'an, Rasulullah ﷺ said and encouraged that recite Surah Al-Baqarah, learn Surah Al-Baqarah, فَإِنَّ أَخْذَهَا بَرَكَةً Because reciting the Surah, learning the Surah, is a source of blessing and barakah. وَتَرْكَهَا حسرا. And neglecting the Surah, not learning, not reciting the Surah, will be a source of regret for a person. A cause of regret. وَلَا يستطيعها البطلة. And Rasulullah الْبَطَلَةِ Alaihi Rasulullah said, "The surah is such so powerful, so comprehensive, so dynamic, that those who practice sorcery, black magic, jadu as we call it, sihr, that those who practice black magic are unable to overcome the surah. Rasulullah said, with every verse of surah al-Baqarah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had sent 80 angels to show this ummah the virtue and the blessing and the rank and position of surah al-Baqarah. Now in this surah, surah al-Baqarah, Rasulullah Wasallam says that this entire surah is so blessed. But in this surah, there are two noors. أُعْتِيتَهُمَا أُعْتِيتُهُمَا Which Allah has blessed me with as a special favor. No nabi before me was given these two noors. One of these noors is Ayatul Kursi, and the second noor which Rasulullah sallallahu is speaking of. This is what I want to share with you today. The second noor is Hawatimus Suratil Baqarah, the concluding verses of Suratul Baqarah, as we know as what we know as al Rasul till the end of the surah. Rasulullah sallallahu on one occasion was seated, as Ajibril Ali sallam was with him when a strange sound was heard from the heavens. Jibreel said to Rasulullah Wasallam, that sound that you heard is an angel that is descending. This angel never descended before to this earth and will never descend again. He has been created with a special task. And that task was this angel is being sent now with the last two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah. The special verse, two verses of Surah Al-Baqarah which has come from a treasure beneath the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam said, whoever recites Surah Al-Baqarah, whoever recites these two verses, Aman al-Rasul till the end, every night, kafatahu. These two verses will be enough for him. They will suffice for him from what? Muhadditeen say, they will be a means of protection. They will save him from the evil of witchcraft, from the evil of shayateen of devils, of shaitans, It will be enough for him, for his a'mal for the night, the person recites this, is good enough. Now remember when we hear virtues such as these, that reciting these two verses will protect us from the shayateen and the devil, and all types of evil. Many times people may ask that, I'm reciting these surahs every night, I recite these verses, but still I'm having this type of difficulties. So the example by which we can understand this, is like a person who installs an air-condition. Air conditioner. Then he phones the installer to complain that this aircon is not cooling my room. So when the installer comes to inspect, he sees the windows and the doors all are left open. So he explains to the person that yes, this air conditioner will cool, but provided you close all these doors and windows. If you're going to leave these doors and windows open, everything will escape. Likewise, these verses a source of protection. As long as we haven't left open the doors of protection, where we allow the virtue and the barakah of these things to escape our homes. So if for example there are certain things in our homes, in our lives, that cause this protection to leave, and cause the shayateen, invite the shayateen to come into our homes, then obviously this won't have its desired effect, because we have, with our own doing, we have invited the shayateen into our homes. Nonetheless, Rasulullah sallallahu wasallam has emphasized and has shown us the virtue of this concluding verses of Surah Al-Baqarah, Surah Ali Imran, and especially in these days, these are the Mubarak days of Zulhijjah, we all are perhaps aware of the virtues of these 10 days of Zulhijjah, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself has taken an oath in a Quran Sharif Upon these ten days, عشر, showing us the position of these ten days, Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi said, "أفضل أيام الدنيا The best days in the world, the best days in the year are these ten days. أعمال Good deeds are most beloved to Allah subhanahu wa taala in these days. So we should increase our recitation of Quran Sharif. Other amal in these days. As well as in other times you should be reciting these two verses, Amanah Rasul end This is why sayyidina Umar and Ali radiallahu ta'ala used to say that in our understanding, no intelligent person will go to sleep at night without reciting these two verses. Because of the virtues, the blessings and the protection that these two verses bring. Now just as these two verses have great virtue, these verses also are extremely profound, extremely great. And I want to share with you some of the ayat, some of the verse, some of the, some of the meaning of these two verses of Aman al-Rasul till the end. Many a times what happens, we get so caught up in what is happening around us. So many things happening at one time, nationally and then globally, following the submarines and the wars and this and that. Then what happens is we lose focus about the basics. Now these two verses bring us back to basics. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, اَمَنَ الرَّسُولُ Rasulu Bima unzila مِن رَبِّهِ وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ The Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam believes in all that which has been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the believers, meaning and the sahaba. So the Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam he believes in everything that Allah has revealed upon him. وَالْمُؤْمِنُونَ and the sahaba also believe. مُفَسِّرِينَ draw to our attention that the debate and discussion about whether the Sahaba's iman was perfect, or as some people falsely claim, that the Sahaba left the fold of iman, Allah protect us. This is fruitless. It is a futile discussion because Allah Himself has declared in the Quran, "Aman al-Rasul bima ilayhi min Rabbihi wal Muminun." That the Rasul has iman. The Rasul has believed. And the sahaba has, all; they have also believed in whatever has been revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kullun aamana billah. All of them, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the sahaba, they have believed billah in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa malaikati. In the angels of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Although we cannot see the angels, but we believe in the angels because Allah and His Rasul has informed us that there is a thing like angels. وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ And they believe in all the divine scriptures of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَرُسُلِهِ And in all the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the exact number is known only to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. لَا نُفَرِّقُ بَيْنَ أَحَدٍ مِّنْ Rusuli Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala goes on to say that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and the sahaba and the ummah, those who call themselves the followers of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and the Sahaba, We do not differentiate in our iman, in our respect, we do not differentiate between any of the messengers of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Unlike the Jews for example, in their belief, they differentiate, they believe in some of the rasuls, some of the messengers, and they reject some of the messengers. They don't believe in Isa alayhi salam. They don't believe in Nabi Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said that the yahood, they rejected some of the messengers and they murdered and assassinated others. So la nufarriqo bayna ahadin min rusuli. We in our belief, we believe every Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was a Nabi of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A believers' iman, and I repeat, our iman is not complete until we do not believe this. That Musa السلام, was a Nabi of Allah, Isa السلام, was a Nabi of Allah, and every Nabi was a Nabi of Allah. Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu was a Nabi of Allah, and he was the seal of all the Prophets. There is no Nabi to come after him. Likewise, the Christians, they differentiated. They believed in Musa and Moses They believed in Isa, but they rejected, and they did not believe in Muhammad Mustafa But we believe in all the Anbiya. Yes, very, very importantly. We believe that each one of these was sent by Allah, and they are messengers of Allah. We respect each and every one of them. But when it comes to our following, when it comes to who to follow, then for a person to be successful, for a person to be min ashabil Jannah from the people of Jannah, a person can only be admitted into Jannah if he believes in Muhammadur Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said hadith of Muslims Walladeen Afsum Muhammadin Biyadi, I swear but that being in whose control is the life of Muhammad ﷺ, لا يسمع بأحد من هذه الأمة. No person of this ummah, this ummah means not only us, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was sent to all of mankind. So in other words, no person who hears about me, يهودي أو نصراني. Whether he is a Jew believing in Musa ﷺ, whether he is a Christian believing in Musa and Isa ﷺ, but he heard about Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, ثُمَّ يَمُوتُ ولم يؤمن بي. And then he passes away without believing in me, إِلَّا كَانَ مِنْ أَصْحَابِ النار. That person will not be allowed to enter into Jannah, that person will go to the fire of jannah Iman is not complete without believing in Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Salvation, entry into Jannah, the condition is to have iman on Muhammadur Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Unlike what is being promoted today under the guise of an Abrahamic faith, where we are being made to, we are being misled to believe that if a person is believing in Isa alayhi salam is a Christian, practicing Christian, then this is enough for him to enter into Jannah. And is believing in Musa alayhi salam it's enough for him to enter into Jannah. Not. My decision. But in the words, of our beloved Muhammad Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Thumma yamu'tu wa lam yu'min If he passed away without believing in me, illa kaana min ashabin na'ar, he will never enter to jannah. La نفرق bayna أحد min rasulim. وَقَالُوا سَمِعْنَا sami'na Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and they, the believers say, sami'na wa We have heard, we have listened, we have heard the command of Allah, and we obey the command of Allah. Now to appreciate this, this was actually the these were actually the words of the Sahaba and these words were in direct contrast to the words of the Yahud, of the Jews, of the Banu Israel. What had happened was initially in Islam, initially the law was the command was revealed, the law was given that any thought that passes through the mind, even if it is what we refer to as a straight thought, now we know all of us are aware a straight thought is a thought that you have no control over. Not when a person sits down and he deliberates and he thinks about something, this is a thought which a person, he has harbored, he has invited, he has developed in his mind. This a person is answerable in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We are talking of straight thoughts, a person is sitting completely calm, His mind is blank, there's nothing in his mind, and there, a, a, a freak thought runs through his mind. Now the law, Islam teaches us, that for this, a person is not answerable, he's not accountable, it is not a sin. The sin is when you, when a person harbors that thought. So a straight thought ran, for example, let me steal this phone. At that level, that is not a sin. But when we harbor that thought, take it further, action the thought, or think about how we are going to go about doing it, now this is when it becomes this. So the initial law in Islam was, that even that stray thoughts, now let me, allow me to digress, many times we have this issue of stray thoughts, stray thoughts are like, the example of a stray thought is like the barking of a dog. When a dog barks, the more attention you give that dog, the more it will bark at you. But you ignore that dog and you walk away, the dog will stop barking. In precisely the same way, when shaitan pesters us, this is the way that shaitan troubles a person. When shaitan pesters us with stray thoughts, lengthy discussion, there are many things that increase stray thoughts, but now we don't have the time to go into that. For example, incorrect environments, incorrect reading material, what we're seeing, what we're hearing, where we're going. These things generally influence our thoughts, but nonetheless, when shaitan is pestering a person with a stray thought, we learn that we ignore that thought, recite billah, and don't pay attention to that thought. Don't give it, don't give it a place in our minds. And gradually, over a period of time, those type of thoughts will leave you. They will stop pestering you. Nonetheless, coming back to our topic, so this type of stray thoughts initially in the early days of Islam, the law was that even a stray thought, you are answerable. It is a sin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take you into account for a stray thought that runs through your mind without any doing on your side. So when this command was revealed, Sahaba came to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, only be of Allah. This is the command, we accept the command wholeheartedly. Not that we reject the command, not that we have a problem with this, but we are concerned that we are going to be taken into account taken to task for something we have no control over. We don't want to become sinful in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah is so kind to us, we don't want to be sinning against the command of Allah. Now how are we going to manage this? So Rasulullah sallallahu said to them, Oh my sahaba, don't be like the Yahood. When the Jews were given a command, they found that command to be difficult. They said, wa asina.' We have heard the command but we are not going to fulfill this command. We are going to disobey and disregard the command of Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in order to exert pressure upon them, to force them into accepting His command, Allah through His qudra and power, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uprooted the Mount Tur, entire mountain. Allah uprooted it and brought the suspended that mountain above the heads of the Banu Israel, of the Yahud. And Allah commanded them, now accept this command. Even after this exertion and coercion, they responded, They were a unique nation. They said, we have heard your command, but we refuse, we deny, we reject. We are not going to obey your command. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the Sahaba, don't be like them. See, it's difficult. Say, سَمِعْنَا وأطعنا. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala immediately the command was abrogated. It was ended. The command was changed. That you will not be taken to task for a stray thought. But Allah Subhanahu wa Taala recorded the words of the Sahaba to be a lesson for us till the Day of Tiyama. That we, as children of the Sahaba, as followers of Rasulullah sallallahu wa sallam, this is our spirit that whenever any command of Allah is presented to us, any hadith of Rasulullah wasallam is presented to us, although it may seem to us as difficult, in our weak, feeble understanding, we cannot understand the wisdom behind it. Not that there isn't wisdom, but in our weak, incapable understanding, the understanding of a two or one day old child, uh, in front of a rocket scientist. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, we can't even compare him to anyone. Nothing can be compared to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where is our understanding? Where is our intellect? Imam Ghazali rahimahullah said so beautifully, our understanding is so weak that we cannot even understand the miracles that are contained within our own bodies. We can't even fathom what happens inside us. Yet, we want to fathom the wisdom behind the command of Allah Jalla جل Jalalu Futile exercise, impossible. So even any command that comes before us, our spirit, our response, wa Ta'ana, Hands up. Oh my Allah, I have heard your command, and I will be obedient to your command, I will accept your command. Yes, it's my weakness. I know I accept your command. But forgive me, O Allah, this is my weakness. Not the path of rejection. Not the path of denial. What is this? This is nonsense. Today's time is impractical. No, be very careful. ta Forgive us, O Allah, any shortcoming. وَإِلَيْكَ masir. Ultimately, to you is our return. We are going back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We cannot run away anywhere. You will have to answer before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala on the day of Qiyamah. Time has run out, but very quickly I'll share with you the next verse, the beginning of the next verse. Allah only burdens every soul according to its ability. According to a person's capacity is the burden that is placed upon each and every person. Mufassirin, explain what Allah is telling us. That the commands of Allah, these are all burdens that have been placed upon us. These are all our duties, obligations, that we don't have a choice, we have to do. But Allah is reminding us that whatever burden I have placed on you is what you can manage. It may seem difficult because of environment, because of weakness, because of laziness, but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the most wise, it is impossible that the most wise will give a small child a hundred kilo weight and say now carry lift this weight. It's impossible. So it's impossible that Allah will burden us with any command that is beyond our ability. It means that every command of Islam, performing our salah on time, giving, discharging our zakah, fasting during the month of Ramadan, protecting our eyesight, conducting our businesses as we ought to, being honest, and the list goes on, each and every command of Allah is within our ability. Yes, sometimes a person has certain excuses, conditions, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala explains to him, Allah's Sharia has explained that, okay, in this condition now, you can't stand and perform your salah. Sit and perform the salah. You can't sit and perform the salah, lie down and perform your salah. But perform your salah. This is a burden that has been placed upon you. A command which is manageable to you. Likewise, we understand every condition around us. Sometimes we are people saying, "I can't manage life anymore." No, if we can manage, Allah has taught us how to manage. What should we be doing? Now you tell me, Time has run out. Inshallah, on some other occasion, we will complete the second verse of al Rasul just to recap what was said. Every verse of the Qur'an is a source of barakah and rahmah and blessings. And especially in these days, the days of Zulhijjah, let us try and recite a little bit more of the Qur'an Sharif, a little bit more dhikr, tasbih, etc. La ilaha illallah, Allahu Akbar, a little bit du'a, because these are the best days in the world, best days in the year. So every verse contains Blessings. Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam explained specific blessings for suratul baqarah, and in more specific for amana ar rasul till the end, that these are verses that have come from beneath the arsh of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and the message of these verses are extremely profound, iman on Allah, on his malaika, on all the rasuls, on all the books of Allah, sami'na wa ta'ana, wholeheartedly accepting the commands of Allah, and, Understanding that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is only burdenless with what we can manage. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspire us. Ameen. Wa akhiru da'awana anil